This is Abnormal Entertainment. I am a real American. Fight for the rights of every man. I am a real American. Fight for what's right. Fight for your life. You're listening to the No Cry Zone, a progressive political podcast on the Abnormal Entertainment Network. And welcome back to the No Cry Zone with the extended sabbatical, the uh, gestation period for, uh, I think, Rob gave birth uh, to... Uh, a angst. new ulcer. More angst. <laughs> <laughs> a new angst, baby. Oh, that's beautiful angst you have there. <laughs> They're all the trend now. <laughs> Seven pounds, nine ounces. So we've been off for a while. We are looking to secure new areas and uh, changing the format of the show, but we figured we'd uh, put this together in the meantime, in the interim. Just to say we still love you. That's Rob. <laughs> I have no faith in humanity, well, period. And I don't really love anyone. <laughs> That's why well, I do. Outrage after outrage after outrage for the past couple of weeks have been <laughs> destroying my brain. Well, this show is a representation of our lack of faith in humanity. I thought that's what it... <laughs> yes, pretty much. It's also, it's also, you know, if that's the case, then we're just spinning a wheel because no one's going to listen in here anyway. We're like the last men on earth like recording a podcast just for the sake of maybe someone in the future, some other intelligent species finding it. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah I get you. In 2112, dude. 2112? That's pretty, that's pretty close. See, you know, the thing is, is that if we were doing a broadcast, like a radio broadcast, then at least the signal would be heading out into the universe at the speed of sound, or at the speed of light, and it would at some point, theoretically, could reach some distant... Intelligent life galaxy where it would be. You know what would get there first? <laughs> a Trump campaign speech. Well, right. Yeah, so. But this would come those. as an apology. This would come <laughs> as an apology. About that speech you just heard, really sorry. Don't please don't invade. So, like, all right, get everyone geared up. Like, wait, there's something new coming in. Apparently, three guys think he's an idiot. <laughs> ah, that's not enough. Let's blow him up. And they're in something called a barn. <laughs> so, um,. But because this is a podcast, this right. instead gets put onto the internet. It's in the cloud, and then but we've all well it stays there. Independence Day has taught me anything. It's that the internet can oh. bring down aliens. That's true. <laughs> because you know we just email them a virus. <laughs> That's what we are. We're the email virus. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What if, like, in the big scheme of things, humans are like the alien species? Oh. Like the perfect, you know, you know, invasive species. You want to take care of someplace? Sending these humans, you know, with a couple thousand years, they'll wreck the shit out of it. Yeah. Well, watch that. The West, by, you know, <laughs> by Kevin Burns in the span of 40 years. That's that's what us white humans went and did in, in America. Is just yeah. went and Look what this one caused... subset of these people did. <laughs> yeah. In just this one period of time. Exactly, 40 years. That's all it took. And it was all yeah. over out there. So, there our resume is just the planet Earth. Right. I have, I have great faith in the fact that the Earth will eventually just shake us off like fleas. Right. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah. No, no, well, that's why when you always hear, oh, we have to save the Earth, I'm like, the Earth will be fine. Yeah. Okay. It is us. Yeah, that you we have, have to, to save, save the humans. And it will be fine by shaking us off. Probably. <laughs> it's probably its best bet. Which I'm okay with it. In the long run, yeah. You know, Big scheme of things. Like dinosaurs the dinosaurs started to go out, mm-hmm. you know. Got too big. Too big for the riches. They weren't playing nice with each other either. I don't think that was the case. (laughs) 
Who knows? Uh, I'm sure the Dinosaur T-Rex wasn't like, you know, putting sound bites against Brachiosaurus. (laughs) 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 There was no fake news. Like, no, it's not a meteor. There's no meteor coming. And there's one people going, there's a meteor. There's a meteor. Stealing pterodactyls' emails. And Allosaurus is like, there's a meteor coming. And, you know, (laughs) Velociraptor's like, no, there's not. Pay no attention to the sky. (laughs) Yeah, give us your money. Whatever passes for currency in the Mesozoic era. So, well, yes, and then the huge meteor, of course, comes and wipes them out. The cosmic answer, you know. Is Trump our meteor? I, you know? He's trying to be. Okay, here, let's start. Let's get, uh, uh, get real, get fast. Odds. War with Iran within a month. John? Uh, a month, not, I don't think that. Uh, I'd say 80 to 1 against. 80 to 1 against? Rob? No, I don't think he's really going to go to war. I think he's just going to threaten war. What did and then get us get us into a new terrorist. It's two people to tango. Yeah. Well, it's the, <laughs> accident, it's the accidental war that's the war that's most likely. I'm fitty, fitty. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. That, I, I guess because you said within a month. Now, yeah. make it six months. Okay, six months. And then I, I don't know. Then we're getting down there. Then I think it's, you know, we're we're in the... Ten to one range. It's still against. Six months. Still against, yeah. but we're in the in the range of possibilities. Yeah, we're we're not making any friends in Iran. Let's just put it that way. The, the this man, being the great negotiator that he is, has set us back a good sixty but, seventy years with our relations with Iran. We always we weren't so great. We back. can <laughs> always count on Trump's fragile ego. Mm-hmm. To work in our best interest. So, for instance, John Bolton, who's the true hawk mm-hmm. against Iran, not he's the, the one that's been leading, huh? Not the singer. Well, no, it's Michael Bolton. John Bolton. John Bolton. Oh, yeah, okay. He's a national security. Kind of looks like. So. Uh, <laughs> 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 well, Doesn't matter. But keep our eye on Michael Bolton yeah. while we're at it. Yeah. And Never uh, know about him. <laughs> he's the one that's been the hawk a- yeah. against Iran for years. And years. oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he brought that from from the Bush administration. So. Uh, he's the guy that had been leading this build-up of tension, mm-hmm. and then when it was reported, I mean, literally the, the day after it was reported that they said John Bolton, who is leading the Trump administration's charge against Iran, the next day Trump came out and said, "Oh no, no, I'm in charge, and we're not going to war." <laughs> and I and I guarantee you, it had he he, he just he just reads that somebody else is in charge of something. He can't stand it, and he's got to clarify, I'm in charge, even if he's not. He doesn't want to be, and he has no desire, and has no understanding. or no. But in his, he just always has to be in charge, and he's the contrarian. Yeah. He's the dick kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, we learned that from when he was literally a child, and uh, that, uh, that Frontline special that right after he got uh, inaugurated that talked about how when he was a little, they talked to his playmates as a kid. He was the kind of kid that would come up and purposely knock over your... your House of Cards, or mm-hmm. kick over your sandcastle and just laugh and walk on. Yeah, because he could. That's the kind of dick he was. And still is. Yes, because I mean, our democracy is a House of Cards to begin with. Before he showed up, well, we it only works if everyone's playing like it works. <laughs> well, I guess you could say, in that sense, Trump has been—I don't want to say beneficial, but whatever silver lining it is, it has certainly underlined the fragility of our republic here, where I think a lot of people, me included. We're fairly confident in our systems and our institutions, and 
And you can see now in these last, uh, you know, three years just how much bullshit that is. And how, how close we could be to Putin's Russia very quickly. I mean, if, if you got a leader in there that did not want to give up his power at the end of his term, let's say, or, and surrounded himself with, with sycophants and military and creating civil war in, inside the country. The mere fact that, that we're that discussing could, yeah, that possibility. Exactly. That would have never occurred to me three years ago that we could be so close, that we could... That we could have people that are wanting that, you know, that, that, that's the other strange part of it too, is like, other, some people just, they're really on board with all of that, that take your choice away, just do it our way. We're just gonna tell you what to do, and it's gonna be the white man's version of moral, I guess. And I don't know, if you look at history, the white man really doesn't have very good morals. <laughs> I mean, they might, they might talk about them, but when it comes to actions, that's where they fall flat, you know, every time. Every every time a white man is involved well, in any history, you can see I'm just it, it, awful, It's not awful necessarily things. just white men. I think anyone in power for any length of time is going to find itself, you know, I mean, look at look at Kenya right now. Right. Not a bunch of white guys ruining that. It's, you know, it's it's whoever's in power. Because power is what corrupts. And what weapon they're, they're used to get in power, too. Yeah, I mean, sometimes whatever it it's is. religion, sometimes it's violence, sometimes it's, it's, it's oh, yeah, you know, the, mob the, rule. The theocracy in Iran. Right. I, let's take the Wayback Machine and take Iran back 60 years. When it was much like Berkeley. Yeah. You know? Exactly. <laughs> Berkeley in 64. Yep. And people don't realize that that was even a part of history. Is, right. Is America came in there and wanted wanted the oil, wanted the control, wanted it, the power. Israel's greatest ally in the Middle East was Iran. Mm-hmm. Through through the sixties and seventies, that was yep. their one of their biggest allies of Middle Eastern nations. Mm-hmm. That was one of their biggest allies. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it was a secular, you know, government at least. It was. And uh, it was. It was. It was an arts filled country. It was progressive. Um, women had far more rights than the U.S. at the time. And same with Afghanistan yeah, in the 70s. Yeah. Very much the same way. But fragile. Yeah. And that goes to, I mean, so the people, and it's funny when you read back the people that lived that era in Afghanistan or in Iran who thought, well, this is certainly the way it's going to be forever. This yeah. is, oh, look how wonderful this is. This Certainly nothing can come along and ruin this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, obviously... Yeah, so, someone else looking for that power came along and, and, and didn't want the people to have it, didn't want those things going on in his country. It was him or her who was, well, was upset by it and it was, was going to take the reins. <laughs> it's okay. pretty much a him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never know. I mean, well, in Iran it was a him. Yeah, in Iran. And I have Afghanistan too. Yeah. <laughs> the hers still don't have much to say. Right. But they did back then. Oh, yeah, they did. And, you know, just, you, you can never. You can never discount that. The, 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 the tantalizing power will corrupt all. will we'll make people do things yeah. that you wouldn't think they would have done last week. So, and by you know whatever grace there was, it's for the most part in the West, it's white people that have been in power, and therefore white people are the ones responsible. Mm-hmm. But then, I mean, you just like just to call it power, too, if you want to be completely and utterly uh, um, non-race uh, uh, about it. It's simply, you know, whoever is in charge, it will get to them after a while. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the founding fathers were um, the disaffected people from uh, other nations who never had any power. And they put together something that's like, okay, this is going to kind of work out as we, you know, slowly start to subjugate the people around us. <laughs> and, you know, it just blossoms from there as well. 
Well, I, you know, that's why... But when you look at what the Founding Fathers... Whatever, it's such an anachronistic term. But when you look at what was created, this system of government, it really is a genius system. And they never... When you read some of their some of their writings, especially Thomas Jefferson, I don't think they had any anticipation it would last this long. Oh, I think, no. You know, I think they thought this would be... If they if it could last them and maybe to their through grandchildren's lives that'd be great. But that the arc of history was always going to bend towards authoritarianism in some form or another. It was always going to bend back towards tyranny. I mean that's why they created the system they did mm-hmm. to try and you know put in those pressure valves I guess to you know basically the checks and balances that would sort of sort of offset tyranny. Um, and it's lasted a lot longer than I think they anticipated, but. The expectation on our generation's part that it'll just last forever and we don't have to do anything, we don't have to strengthen these institutions, we don't have to provide any support, uh, you know, uh, we don't have to participate, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, that's that's where it all begins to run afoul. And, you know, if it's going to change, we'll, we'll see, but... That's the same trap that's killed every society, though. You know, it's lasted so long, like, oh, it's going to go, you just mentioned Afghanistan. Right. You know, in the 70s, Iran in the 60s, uh, ancient Rome. Nothing's going to change this. we got it going good. Something changed it. Right. Well, and I think I, I, you know, I pointed out, as you read the history of Rome, and, I mean, oh, people always like to make the comparison, the fall of Rome and the fall of, you know, the United States, the two empires. But it's interesting when you read about the history of Rome, about how it went from a republic to... A uh, you know imperial uh, uh, you know uh, uh, basically uh, what's the word I'm looking for um, monarchy monarchy thank you I mean more or less uh, an oligarchy monarchy um, and but the 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 symbols of, re- of the republic remained yeah the senate was still there the senate still voted on things even if it was just pro forma whatever the emperor wanted. Right. Uh, you know, just to keep the you know the people pacified. But, but people still vote. Well, this is still all the, the all the symbols are here. The Senate still functions. So when you look at our country now, and you go, well, the Senate still technically functions, but they, does it really? No, they meet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they meet and and they pass stuff more or less, more, mostly less. But it's so people think, well, it's we're still a functioning democracy, and I I just think by every metric. We're less. We're below functionality. I mean, the, the check engine light has been on for quite a while now, right? And we still refuse to pull in and, and get it checked out. Yeah, Even it's when fine. it's free at AutoZone, and <laughs> <laughs> come into Nation Zone. Let me check your your check, your check democracy lights been flashing. Well, I mean, uh, just as in any any society, it it requires someone of a noble, a noble, uh, honorable. Background and moving forward to at least keep some of that in order for that to be passed along. That's leadership. If you are a noble king back then, your knights would be noble. If you were a devious king back then, your knights would be devious. And that's what we have going on now is we have a third of our population that really doesn't want to play along. They don't want to be noble and honorable anymore. They're sick of that. That's that's PC. You know, that's that's our... our big breakdown right now and the other thing is is the 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 things of past even back in the 60s there was no netflix there was no phone for people to absorb themselves in instead of being out on the street you know uh in the 60s if the Mueller report would have come out and there would have been no 
no indictments or nobody doing anything and Pelosi saying, you know, we're not going to impeach, that would have created a huge protest on the steps of just about every capital in this nation. It proved a little bit of that, but it, because we have these things that, that pacify us, that... that Isn't that overly simplistic, though? I think so. I mean, I think that's. I mean, your assessment, I think, is overly simple. Yes, I, I think. I think so. what, 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 but I what, think it does think, boil down to that. No, I think it's even worse. I think it's much, much, much worse. And it's not just. It's not the internet. It started in the fifties and the forties and the sixties. This whole thing only works if there's everyone buying in. In the government, I mean, that's really any idea. Yeah, you, know? I mean, you, 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 you okay. But for for the government, yeah. for any government to work like this, you have to have buy-in from stem to stern. And Mitch McConnell stopped buying in during Obama. And led that charge. Yeah. Really. And it started before that. The idea started before that. Right. But that was the big, that was the, we're not going to do what he says. Right. Fuck that guy. Well, the, the, note, the, the idea of the loyal opposition. That yeah. at least, even if when you were political, uh, you know, opposites, you at least, you had some shared ideals of what the, you know, these are the baselines that we won't violate. These are the, these are the things that we will we will together will enforce even if we're coming from different points of political view and that's gone now yeah and i think it'll be, that's that's the exemplified i mean this has been a house of cards for 200 years you know yeah just uh, period it, and, it has, everyone has to structured differently throughout time I mean, sort what, of. what part has the strong part at the moment i mean there's there's no there's, my argument is there's no strong part because everyone has to believe that it works for it to work. it's like you know the wily e. coyote and the minute he's mm -hmm. over the bridge and he realizes there's no bridge behind below him, he'll fall. Mm -hmm. We've been just believing there was a bridge the whole time, and now we see that there really has been no bridge. And that's the hard part. That's what that's the difficult thing to swallow. And I think that's what's probably going to resonate. Well, I mean, that's what I'm... So to go back to what this whole discussion has been about, though, is that what is that the silver lining of, of Trump? Is, yes. Is, is you, you can only hope. I, again, time will tell. It's... We're, the, the timeline we're in right now, it's too, we're too close to it to see. It I mean, it will take time to look back and say, was this a good thing? Things are moving fast, though, and I think what we're moving for, moving toward, is what you know, what a lot of you know uh, Republicans historically have wanted to you know states, states right, right? states setting their rules. <laughs> How ironic is that? Yeah, yeah, that's that, the crazy part. You know that the Republicans have been the ones that have been pushing for the past forty years for state, well, even more than forty years mm -hmm. for states' rights, and yet now it's the states' rights, like we just saw this week with the legislature in New York voting to uh, allow their state tax returns to be turned over to the, the you know uh, House Judiciary Committee mm -hmm. uh, right. for Trump. Uh, or so the state of Alabama, you know. Putting in massive abortion bans, right? I mean that works both ways. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 we're seeing that the states are just going nuts with their but stuff. Now, isn't that the same as they're not buying in anymore? Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. No. And the last time we we had this lack of buy-in, we had a giant war. But yeah. in, but in Alabama's, but it, ironically, that's where we're going. But I think ironically, in Alabama's case, they did this almost explicitly in order to. Use the Supreme Court to right. as they want to decide. They they're going to do an end around them. to the Supreme Court. Right. But then there's there's more there's bluer states out there doing their own thing. Everyone's doing their own thing. Right. And that's that's kind of crazy. You know this this there's the states of America now. The United's I mean, gone. Yeah. I mean Nevada just voted in this past week to be the next state that will put all of their electoral votes with whoever the popular vote winner is. Right. And this is a way to basically. Defang the electoral college, make it make it 
uh, you know, useless, just perfunctory, and go to what we've all really think is hopefully better, uh, which is, you know, a popular vote. Uh, for president, because this is a way to go around it without having to do a constitutional amendment, which is virtually impossible to do. Right, that's not going to happen. So, so, but even if we did do a constitutional amendment, let's say a constitutional amendment happens, um, states can still change the way they do things. So I think the states are starting to wake up now. If either you you like what this guy is doing and you're going to double down and use it, or you don't and you're going to you know, enact legislation for well, your state that's not, it's very interesting. But this goes see. back to the genius of the founders because they created a federal right. system. Because you have a federal government and you still have the you know enumerated powers to the states. And I guess it's a lesson learned for big government Democrats who were loath to believe in states' rights. And here's an example where states' rights can be a good thing. Now, you have to have balance. That's the thing. You can't, Maybe. if you go one way or the other, you're going to run into trouble. Maybe. So if you have an overly powerful federal government and you completely sap away states' rights, that's bad. And I think if you go the other direction, that's not good either. Right, so I don't see, see anything like a civil war happening. Because that was, you know, a large contingent of states deciding to band together, you know, well, uniting I, under another thing. I, I but let's face it, it, I see it coming together under abortion and guns. You know I mean? But I think it won't. This, <laughs> we're too separated. We're too dotted. So yeah. you're going to go for. You're going to need passports to go between states if this goes out to its logical. Well, but here's the thing. Now you talk about civil war. I mean, if Alabama goes, we're seceding. Bye. Do I care? No. Good. Go. Idiots. Right. You know, I mean, now, that's obviously just my opinion, but but I don't sense it's the same situation that it was in 1861. Right. Uh, I think it, it would be exactly it. They would have to have their own army. They would have to protect their, their shorelines. Yes. They would right. be wanting the natural resources right. that the federal government wants uh, off of their shorelines. And it would become a huge battle. I See, mean, but the thing... And, the and difference, now we have M-16s. Well, no, I don't, but I don't, I don't <laughs> think the battle won't be over. No, you don't need any weapons. No. We've Because here's the ultimate weapon. Cha-ching. That's yeah. the ultimate weapon. You just named everything. Thing, why Alabama can't and won't secede sure. because they don't, have any of that. they don't have any of that and they can't afford it right and they don't want to pay for it and they need the federal government they are uh, they are a, uh, a, a welfare state that depends on the federal government for just about everything mm -hmm. okay most red states are most and the thing is is that the federal government in 1861 was so little in the lives of people it hadn't, you know, it hadn't yet grown. I mean, we, we, you didn't see what happened after World War One and World War Two, especially in the mm -hmm. Great Depression, where the federal government grew to such a great extent and become much more activist. I think for the better, uh, and I think for for states like Alabama. I mean, so when they talk about secession, you're like, yeah, okay. And I, but when I say good, go, because it's exactly that. You pay for your defense. You pay for your, you know, you take care of all your own citizens. Good luck. Mm -hmm. You take care of your own medical care. Have fun. You deal with all your environmental issues. Tornado whip through? Well, fuck you. You that's deal with it. That's the first. <laughs> you know? And that's why Texas, Texas grouses about seceding. They just talk. Right. They'll never go. The one, you know, when people say, when people talk about California talking about it, then you're like, oh, wait, hold on. All right, come on. Don't be foolish. Right. But even you so need some stuff. <laughs> right. But even California, although, I mean, really, you could make a case that California, of all the states, it's probably the one state that could successfully secede. Oh, they could secede. You know, but they wouldn't even. It's right. not to their benefit to do right. it. 
so I just feel like the whole, oh, there'll be another civil war. We're going to see social civil war. I mean, we're in the middle of one right now. Uh, you know, a social upheaval, if you will. But we've been through these before. I mean, I hope we'll work it out. But if not, I, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't mind showing a passport to get into different states. It'd be kind of like going on vacation, you know, like world travel. I went to Idaho, guys. I didn't get shot. They speak a different language in Alabama. They really do. Yeah, pretty much. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I. I, basically, what we're really talking about is whether we will survive as a republic by which, if somebody like Trump, well, not like Trump, if Trump, if Trump. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, decides that he's not going to leave office for whatever fucking stupid excuse reason he comes up with, and let's just say he gets some portion of the military to... That's a civil war I could see happening. Mm -hmm. If some portion of the military goes, well, we, yes, we see his point. He, he shouldn't yeah. have to... You know, well, now, I have faith, but I also had... I, I have faith in the military not doing that, but I also had faith that, you know, we wouldn't elect Trump. So... <laughs> <laughs> well, there's still a law. And most people respect. It. I mean, remember all the the uh, uh, the 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 gnashing of teeth and the hand wringing that Obama's going to declare a national emergency. Well, right. He's going to stay. Jade Helm. He's going to stay. Yeah. It's Jade Helm. That whole yeah. bullshit thing. <laughs> that you know. Oh, it's a super thing to. He's going to you know. And in the retrospect, I wish he would have. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and but and again, the mere fact that we even speculate, what would we do if he? Because it's within. The realm of possibilities, mm -hmm. to say the least. You know what we do is just cut off the Wi-Fi. <laughs> no, this, this is not a hard thing. Cable's out. What? There's no cable? Just turn off Twitter. And, I gotta yeah. go to Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> um, I don't see the issue. So, I mean, George Bush still drives and yeah. hangs on the parking lot to use the free Wi-Fi. <laughs> But it's <laughs> but it's a presidential Netflix you know, account. <laughs> they probably haven't changed oh my the God, password. Can you imagine what the, what the watch list on a presidential Netflix account is. Oh my God! The, on the last night of Game of Thrones, they went to go sign in, and oh, damn it! Oh, I mean, people so were signed in. Great. I mean, that does call a Carter of mine. Right? <laughs> hey, sign off. <laughs> go to the last living president. Hey, sorry, bro, you got to sign off, man. No, it's like Game of Thrones night. Jade Helm, Jade Helm. What? Oh, shit. <laughs> really, if you think about all the exercises for Jade Helm, they're actually those type of operations are now being used at the border. You know, so it was really Trump that has utilized these, these, oh, yeah. these camps and well, the, pop up, pop up uh, uh, authority that, that want to use them. I don't think he devised that. No, no, no. Yeah, it's, 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 no. That's, that's out of his realm. What it, it was said best is all he was was. The permission slip. Yeah. I mean, he it, it, it really isn't him. He he wants to claim the economy. It wasn't him. I mean, what, what that was was a group of businessmen that came to him and said, we want fucking this now. And he said, okay, you give me some money, I'll do it. And he did it. And whatever whatever these people wanted, he just handed over to them. So, no, it, it, in, in technicality speaking, that it really isn't 
Trump. It's it's the businessmen of America and the world um, that are really screwing us all. I mean, some of the world. Well, some of the world. <laughs> I mean, people that we hadn't been talking with previously, for sure, um, and doing deals with, and and covering air cover for, and you know, refueling planes in a war for, and all of these things, and and all of that plus what Trump does and says the show has completely distracted America as far as legislation, as far as... And it came out with Game of Thrones night. How many damn politicians came out with their little Game of Thrones video after? You know what I mean? Shouldn't... I mean, these are elected... Shouldn't there be much more <laughs> compelling things they want to tell us besides yeah, their opinion on Game of Thrones? You are under the assumption that people were paying attention before Trump, too. True. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, they probably were actually less... Paying attention yeah. to another silver lining, uh, yeah, to yeah, to what was going on, and Maybe especially women. You know, lining. I was I would say that the the women uptick in our society is going to uh, be exponential uh, on this next election. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we just had a woman governor in Alabama sign that awful legislation. Yeah, uh, she's like nine thousand years old. Though. She's like Yoda old. <laughs> it really was. When she dies, she just fades away. But but you know it's interesting. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like uh, Infinity War. Yeah. It just turns into ash. Oh, that'd be great. Goes oh, spoiler alert. I'm sorry. Just, um, <laughs> I know. Um, but you know it's interesting you bring that up about it being a female governor because it, it was a prime example of the the, the issue of abortion uh, or, or or abortion rights is not a male female. Strictly a male-female dynamic. And right. so people go, oh, well, the female governor side, it's so, see, it's... And you go, no, 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 this is part of the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. And that's what this is. Mm-hmm. This is a patriarchy. It's a system. It's a system of oppression that, it, that, you know, that transcends government. It goes through government. It goes through society. It goes into civil... Institutions and it's a there. That's what the patriarchy is. And it's taught in religion. And women can be a part of the patriarchy, just like men are part of the patriarchy. And it's an enforcing, an oppressive system, one that specifically in this case uh, seeks to deny women full rights. And without even talking about abortion, just if you don't have bodily autonomy, you don't have rights. You, if you don't have a, you don't have autonomy over your body then you don't have full rights. George Washington taking the slave's teeth for his own mouth. I mean, that's what we're still talking about. And we have to remember that, that the women couldn't even vote in our country for a long, long time. 100 years ago. Yeah, a long time in our country. So, So, you know, I hope that, once again, the silver lining, that that this is waking up women to take more power away from these these men. I, I can't say it will be better or worse, but at least there won't be, It'll be this, different. Well, yeah, the, at least they won't be but selling their souls. Some states, though. Here we are. Now we're back to the states again. Some states are buying into the patriarchy because that's what they do. Well, some state legislatures are right. Because right. when you look at the uh, when they do, you know, surveys. Uh, you know, uh, of of the populace, no, there's no state where support for anti-abortion laws like these. It, no, there's no state where it goes over 25 percent. None, not even in Alabama. Mm-hmm. If you when they poll people in Alabama, not more than 25 percent of Alabamans go there should be no abortion. Period, which is basically what that bill said. 
And so it's the legislatures, it's the, it's the these political organs that have moved so far away from, and this goes to the gerrymandering issue, this goes to where you've got elected officials who are so removed from the people they represent. They don't really check in with the people, the actual residents of their district. You know, they're, they are way more aligned with the donors to their political party. Yeah, or their God. You know. Uh, or, or you know, some religious donors more, I bet. But most donors, <laughs> so the donors are lined up with their God. With their God, right. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you can't make money without God. Right? He blessed us all. <laughs> well, it's on the currency. Sorry, Tubman's not though. Yeah, you know, God. <laughs> you know, and, well, yeah. So <laughs> on that, so they announced uh, that the the change of Harriet Tubman to the twenty dollar bill will. Wait until after 2028, yeah. I believe they said. Right. Well, after well, Trump, We're out of yeah. here. We're not putting yeah. her on. You're like, okay. Just come on. You know, so... If you could further proof that this administration is filled with oh. just xenophobic... Oh, my God. Awesome. Scared little boys. Just, scared little white boys. And yeah. dick moves. Mm-hmm. Just dick, move after just dick move. dick moves after dick move. Yeah. That's why... If a, if a, please, if a Democrat wins in 2020, you almost hope their first thing they say, the you know, their first order, and there's a lot of orders they're going to have to sign to overturn the bullshit that's been going on the last four. But it'd be nice, almost, because that's like a symbolic gesture. Just go, yeah, guess what? We're moving up the Harriet Tubman thing, you dumbass. Uh, it's been done. It's been yeah. done for actually six years. Right. Um, yeah. The whole, you know, it's a, it's a long process getting that all approved. Of course. And everything. The designer and, actually and just released a stamp that you could get, and you could stamp over Jackson <laughs> with your Harry Tubman, and it looks really good. I love it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so there's a, there's a people's protest, I guess. You know? <laughs> and then, you know, some guy at the 7-Eleven won't recognize it and think it's a counterfeit and won't take 20. But that's yeah, not just that's <laughs> Seven Eleven shut me down when I had an Eisenhower dollar a bunch of years ago. Wow. I thought I minted it. Like, no, it's really money. Ah, oh, forget it. <laughs> I don't need that beef jerky. <laughs> but you want it. I wanted it so bad. Right. But need. Need versus want. Uh, yes, the great American conundrum. Son of a bitch. So uh all right, so today as we record this on Thursday. Oh, God. We have uh, new things. Yeah, so uh the US has charged uh, Julian Assange. Yes. Uh, indicted. With, uh, uh, Part of a grand jury yeah. indictment yeah. Uh, that I'm well aware of. Those now. grand juries. Oh, my God. Not guilt or innocence. With espionage, uh, 18-count superseding indictment alleges Assange directed former Army intelligence analyst Chelsea Manning uh, in one of the largest compromises of classified information. Case comes amid a Justice Department crackdown on national security leaks. Assange's lawyer said the unprecedented charges against the cli- his client in peril all journalists. Justice Department officials say... They do not view Assange's actions as protected by the First Amendment. Assistant Attorney General John Demers said Julian Assange is no journalist. No responsible actor, journalist, or otherwise would purposely publish the names of individuals he or she knew to be confidential sources, exposing them to greater dangers of peril. So... That'd be a wood. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> that was Cheney. <laughs> he said it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care whose hand was up his ass. No. He said it. No. <laughs> So, what do we think about this? Oh, it's t- it's a tough call. Because Assange is no hero in my book. Not a hero. But... <laughs> Does he have the right to yeah. release these things? Yeah. He finds them. Um, is there... So, is, as a journalist, is there a, uh, an ethical... 
Yeah, it, I, I guess you start with the question: Is Assange a journalist? Well, I mean, regard. I mean, anyone that's trying to get information out could be a journalist. I don't think. I don't think he is in the traditional sense of journalism. In other words, I, I don't think he followed any. St- he's 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 simply a gather and release, you know, capture and release guy. Get what you can, release it, and let the chips fall where they may. That's right. not journalism. Yeah, journalism you know, does entail checking your story. It you used know to. I mean, but it still does. I mean, it still does when you look at, say, the Washington Post or the New York Times or or other you know accredited, credible journalistic well, organizations. You're going to draw the line who, there, though. So, for instance, let's look at the Pentagon Papers. Okay, mm-hmm. when you go back to the Washington Post, has the Pentagon Papers dumped on them? And they didn't just print them. I mean, now you can talk about physically they couldn't have printed them then. There was no internet, and they weren't going to print literally tens of thousands of pages of something. But nonetheless, they did analyze them and then report on what they said, providing them with context, contacting people that were part of it, getting their point of view saying, all right, look, we have this document that says you did this for this reason. Why would you have done that? Please answer. Well, here's the other side of that. Um, they, they picked and chose what they would release. Right. You know, with that, and then there's, there are there, you know, uh, 7,000 other pages that, you know, have a different... It's obviously all so. since been released. And yeah, yeah I mean, through, but I mean, but, but the time, there was at least... They, I, they were picking and choosing. <coughs> they, were, they were setting the agenda of the narrative. They were analyzing it, though. They, I mean, according to what they thought was right. I mean, their context, but, but that's because that would be based on if you trusted them. True. Do you? Did you? You know? Did you, as a reader, trust the Washington Post to not hold back information for whatever reason? Right. Well, conversely, did the Washington Post trust their readership to see something without their context? Yeah. Well, and that's what Assange. I mean, I'm not a fan of Assange. No, no, I get what you're but saying. It's just like boom. Decide what you will. Right. It's like the Bob Mueller approach. This is what we found. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think so. Even Mueller, you know, I think... It's some commentary. But, but, Mueller, but Mueller wrote a report. He right. didn't just say, right. no, here's I'm, all the I'm, evidence. I'm not saying it's, they're right. apples to apples here, but it's just, it's a, it's, he didn't come up with, an, uh, with a, um, a very definite uh, framework for what he thought was going to, should happen. And Assange, of course, is seven times removed from that. That's just dumping <clears> a bunch of information out there and letting the people right. read it, maybe read it, and decide for themselves. So I don't, I don't know where to go with it. I, I, I don't. I mean, so to answer my question, no, I don't think Julian Assange is a journalist. I don't think WikiLeaks is a journalistic endeavor. However, uh, I do have great concern that the government that these indictments will set a precedent yeah. that they will chill, you know, uh, actual journalistic efforts. More. Which, look, hey, and let's face it, this transcends party because Obama, you know, uh, during the Obama administration, he ramped up, you know, farther than, than the Bush administration before him, the prosecution of journalists, the prosecution of people that were using, uh, you know, uh, sources, confidential sources, and information, and journalists who who published information that they felt was confidential, they were they 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 prosecuted journalists, they prosecuted leakers, you know, and there's case after case after case, and you can see that during the Obama administration that actually increased mm-hmm. from the Bush administration. Everyone thought, oh, the Bush people were bad, and Obama's good, and you know, oh, there's some subtlety in context here. No, where where do we draw the line at national security? 
Right. I mean, I mean that's and here's the thing. You know, you know. Oh my gosh, where do we, it's so. It's, but it's everything could be national security. Well, I'm just I saying. Mean, I mean, like, there's obvious things like you know, Valerie Plame, you know, publishing her name right mm-hmm. out there and saying this is I mean, a, a that was a political that was a political payback. It was yeah. And then there's a secret operative, you know, something that could endanger other people. Uh, and I think that uh, Assange put a lot of people he, in danger. He did. Yeah. I mean, the, he people died as a result of those. So reasons. maybe not First Amendment, but. Definitely, you know, uh, uh, accessory to murder. Right. But on the other hand... Manslaughter. You know, but on the other hand, critical information came out that, about how we were conducting the war in, in Iraq and Afghanistan mm-hmm. and how we were our rules of engagement were bullshit. We were just shooting over the fuck we wanted, which we pretty much knew, but to have the proof to it. we I think most people suspected, like, we didn't really have a great right. care for the Iraqi live... Uh, life, uh, mm-hmm. but but to have video proof. I mean, there was a famous video clip of uh, of uh, you know a helicopter just machine gunning people, and, and it's clear that they they had little reason to suspect that these were all armed militants, right. and they didn't give a shit. Now, and the, the precedent is crazy. Did you guys see that Israel did an airstrike on a suspected cyber warfare house? They they right isolated the IP address and they just went in and blew the fucker up. Precedent setting. Assange is a precedent setting thing. Uh, for Israel. F- well, for... Let me just turn off the URL of us. <laughs> <laughs> Can one do that? <laughs> you have, to, so you have to route it through, you have to route it through Kenya. Uh, <laughs> um, so, if the government does get heavily involved in all of these things, facial recognition, um, uh, Facebook and Twitter and, and how things are dumped and what things are dumped. What that means is a huge infrastructure has to be put in place to spy on Americans. I mean, that's what we're talking about is this is spying on Americans without our knowledge. And well, no, well, don't go quite there yet. So, because I mean, that's already happening. Well, yeah. I'm saying this has I'm nothing saying, to do with exactly. I'm saying that the, the precedent for prosecuting Assange under the pre- pretenses that they're doing now is is on that road of of government overreach of our. We're, but we're already on that road. But the government has has kind of stayed out of it, and. Unless it was, you know, national security or people were dying or reporters were using classified information. Those type of things were their boundary. Now we have something where you have international players feeding this guy. We, I, I think that it should just be a different kind of case. It should be more like this is national security and that's our, our playing field. That's all I'm saying. It's not a First Amendment journalistic. It is, this was national security. The NSA is now up your ass. And that's our force, and that's who is going to deal with those people. Well, I think that's what they're saying, though, isn't it? Isn't the government saying that this is goes beyond a First Amendment issue? This is a national security and like death of people issue. So they're ignoring the First Amendment that's who well, it's, it's, he's not even a citizen. They're releasing. Yeah. What they're saying is, is that when you release raw data, yeah, you know, you you just it just a dump of data, a yeah, dump of information. You're now like a diamond fence, you know, you know, uh, <laughs> you, know, you. But when you do that, you. Um, I mean, look, the very notion, and, and this is you go. The thing is, is that you have to ask yourself: Is there? Should governments have the ability to to protect some information? And if you say no, they shouldn't, 
don't know. And then you go, well, really? I mean, so what? We should just publish everything out there? There should be no classified information whatsoever? There should be no military secrets? But on the other hand, I mean, we see how far they can go. Again, it's about balance. Mm. And how do you provide the proper balance? I don't know. Only when you have strong institutions can you provide the proper balance between what is considered confidential information, top secret information, that truly, for the public's own protection, should not be public, Mm -hmm. versus we don't want the public to know this because we know they won't agree with it. (laughs) There was no differentiation in what he did. It was both. Yeah, no, yeah. Just, and it was like you said originally. He was sort of, his point of view would be you decide. Right? Why should the government decide? I mean, his point of view, and, and there's a certain there's a certain you know uh, logic to it, I guess, or a certain thing where you go, oh yeah, I agree with that. Where you go, why should the government decide? You decide. But you're the governed here. You decide. But it's anarchy. But he's a case of not buying in again. So like so uh, the f- fact that we keep I don't know they call it a Mission Impossible the knock list. Of right. undercover operatives that if it's exposed they will die. Right. Period. They will. It, that's a real thing, not in the movie, of course, but they will die if this is exposed. And so he just throws it out there, knowing, even even if he read it, which I right. doubt, right, knowing that these people are going to die if if this information gets out there. Um, there he doesn't have buy into the institutions. That's what I keep right. saying. The buy-in's not there. Any any responsible player like the Post during the Pentagon Papers have bought into the, the sanctity of the institutions and how this all works. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. He's a chaos agent. Yeah. And he may also be a Russian agent. I was just going to bring oh, up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, now that we know, at the time that this happened, his links to Russian intelligence were not out there. Mm-hmm. Now they're fairly well established right. that he's been operating at the behest of or in cooperation with Russian intelligence. So that makes him a bit of a different player. He's not just some, you know, information crusader. Um, he, he's, he could very, and it's the same thing with, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, the guy that went to Russia. Um, yeah, the oh, American. Cullen? Uh, no, no. Oh, uh, uh, Carter Page. No, no, no. The, the American analyst who, uh, oh, God. Jack Ryan? Yeah, that guy. Oh, those movies are so fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, no, the, Lee Harvey Oswald. Oh my God! <laughs> well, he went to Russia. Brought <laughs> <laughs> his wife back. Who's the operative? Uh, okay. I uh, caught out of the Mueller report that it was not until five hours after Trump asked for the emails and that speech and that interview that the first attempts were made. I just thought that they were happening beforehand, and that was a shocking moment for me. So that, once again, it goes into these national security issues for me of... If you believe that, Hokum. Well... National security. (laughs) And that should be our border. That should be our fence. That should be our playing field. That's our wall, for me, is that is we have this... Snowden! Edward Snowden! Oh, sorry. Okay. (laughs) That guy, he's he's long gone. <laughs> he's the one that told told us about all the spies. Sorry, I was thinking Manning, but so then wait. you kept on saying he. No, I I know. No, but I'm saying so. Edward Snowden. Here's an here's an interesting guy. So when we're talking about chaos agent versus somebody who's trying, the more I read about Edward Snowden, the more I go, I, I like this guy. Yeah. Although he may have also been duped by Russian intelligence, but I feel like his motive. Unlike Assange, I feel like his motive came from the right place. 
I, I think he ended up doing something that wasn't the best. Whereas I think Assange, I don't know that his motives were ever from a good place. But Snowden, when you look at Edward Snowden, he had this trove of information that explicitly showed the United States government was violating the constitutional rights of U.S. citizens, mm-hmm. uh, just blatantly. Just and so you and he and there was no other way that information was going to come out, and he released it to his own peril. And now he's permanently, you know, in Russia. He'll never be able to come home, or at least without some sort of deal being made. And um, when you look at that, you this is where I guess motive comes into play. So the motive of Edward Snowden versus the motive of Julian Assange, I think motive has a lot to do with it. What's your motive? Motive is so nebulous, too. So the the Assange motive seven years ago, wholly different than it is now. Right. The Snowden motive could come out in a few years and be like, oh, my God, it's... Edward Dysoxoblich, you know, <laughs> right? Real well, I mean, there's a lot of people that think he he was in, in cahoots, so to speak, with Russian intelligence. I I, I tend to think that he was just a uh, useful he was a useful tool for Russian intelligence. I just don't think we can play the motive you know, game, but you know, we have to do it's it's action or non-action, you know, you know, and it's you know, yeah. is it involuntary manslaughter or is it just manslaughter? That's what Trump is still our president is he can prove his motive isn't what the Democrats are saying. You know, his his motive is hard to prove what the motive was of anyone, let alone a creepy cyber guy that doesn't take showers. You know, I don't even want to I don't even want to think about what is helping. (laughs) Your son has been releasing information. Now it's all cheat codes for games. Well but (laughs) they don't know that. What's all this data? It goes down to uh, each president has knocked on some some doors of laws that they didn't like. You know, they they've they've pushed on it to see if they can get through. They kind of went around it this way or run around it this way, and now we're stuck with these huge worldwide players fucking with us all the time. And we, as far as like the Snowden cash of. The NSA couldn't even deal with it. Right. Couldn't even deal with all the shit they were getting. I mean, it showed the, the idiocy of the, the right. entire program. It was counterproductive. But there are other countries out there, Russia, China, who have been working on this, who have been putting infrastructure in place. Russia has already tested their own internet. So if the rest of the world wants to shut off Russia, they can flip their switch and still be able to do their deals. These people have been paying into these games. And those are the laws that I think we need to strengthen, the national security laws, so that when you do cross that line, the fucking hammers come down on you. And that is the Rosenbergs. That is, uh, you know, I believe Harvey Oswald was our, our first one that we thought was playing with the Russians. All of these things can come down to that, and you just make these just awful laws that, that will shut it down, will make people fear and I say it over and over again, until people go to jail, none of this is going to stop. So we have to come up with a, a playing field. Well, plenty of people have gone to jail. Uh, I, you know, I, 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 well, I don't know. I'm not going to give up on motive. I, I think motive does have something to do with it. Uh, you, so again, if you look at someone like Edward Snowden, he was, by all accounts, barring some new information coming forward, but by all accounts at this point... 
his motivation was he came across this these programs that were clearly unconstitutional and he could not abide by it mm-hmm. and he he just knew he was the only one that was in place that could possibly that was we would a felt that this is wrong and everyone else around him was like yeah fuck it you know and he made this decision to do this. I think it's extremely brave. I mean, it's the same thing with the Pentagon Papers. But that was his motives while here in the States, under the United States laws. What, are, what is his motives now for still speaking out uh, yeah. and being a puppet for I Putin? Mean, I mean, the motive... The his motive mo- I would say his motive now really is he, he doesn't want to go to jail for the rest well, of his life. Look at that slippery slope, though. You know, what if Assange's thing? real motive was to liberate the world? Yeah. Right. I, I just, but but I'd say the evidence shows that it's not. It does. It does. I mean, but I mean, let's the, the next yeah. person that comes through. Right. You know, they release some incredibly damaging things that get a bunch of people killed. But they just wanted to make sure that the world knew. Right. I mean, know, I, I, motive just it's, it's not it's, perfect, but it's not, and it's. But I think it has to be a factor. I'm not saying it's fact. the factor, but I, I think it should be a factor. Sure. sure, I say not in guilt, you but know, in sentencing. You know, what was your motive to do this? Mm-hmm. It should be part of it. Uh, yeah, I mean that's a, that's a, like you, you can separate it like a trial. There's a sentencing phase when the punishment for what you've done, but you can never take away the fact of what's been done. Right. I so, mean. There's the guilt and then sentence based on motive. Mm-hmm. You know, like the burning bed sort of shame. Yeah. Who would have blamed Farrah Fawcett at the end of all that? But she did murder someone. Yeah. Well, and, Farrah Fawcett did. And, <laughs> and that minute. really is the only thing that we have left to count on is our laws. I mean, those are the... couple of them. Uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> no, but, I, but again, when you... I'm going to go back, though. Just hold on. But I think when you look at the Pentagon Papers and Daniel Ellsberg, the guy who released the Pentagon Papers, mm-hmm. he was facing life in prison. Mm-hmm. He held firm and was eventually exonerated. And his motive had a lot to do with him being exonerated. With his sentencing. He was still guilty of doing it. No, no, I think he, he, he walked free. He can walk free. He can, you know. he can be given probation. Yeah. You know, uh, but you're still, you've still done the I think, thing. But I think the charges were dropped. I Possibly. think the charges were dropped against him, if, if I'm not mistaken. So That's fine and all. I you think know, that, that was probably not the best plan. <clears throat> so. but, but he came across this information about the fact that you know our, the U.S. government had been lying to generations of Americans about his involvement in Vietnam. And just right. lie after lie, president after president, lying after mm-hmm. lie. And that nobody, and that we were, when, the, when he put that information out there in 1971, I mean, Nixon was still like, we're going to win Vietnam. I mean, when it was clear, everybody knew we were never going to win, and it was Mm -hmm. never about winning, and people are dying, and what the fuck are we doing here? I mean, I can't think of a more higher moral imperative to stop the innocent death, the death of innocents, both on the Vietnamese side and our own troops side, and he was ultimately exonerated, and I think his motive had incredibly a lot to do with it. Well, yeah, but the the point is, so, but he broke a law. Whether it was an immoral law or not, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's not an immoral law. It was being used, you know, uh, I don't, not inappropriately, but um, so he he did break a law and he took the moral high ground. Right. And should he have done it? Sure, yes, he should have done it. That was the only way to go ahead and do that. Uh, but you have to have that person do that so laws can change. Mm-hmm. You know. And his motive was, you know, honorable. I mean, I think it was. I mean, the, I think the more you, the, you know, I read his biography, his autobiography, 
where he talked about it. And I mean, and, and obviously, when he's writing about himself, he, he obviously talks a lot about his motive. And it's the, right. you know, I mean, here was a guy who served in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he he was a CIA analyst, but he had served, you know, he'd gone out on patrol and, you know, he had a weapon and he fired and he was in firefights and all the rest. He knew what the fuck was going on over there mm-hmm. more than most other people did. And he saw the bullshit. Um so, yeah, just to point out, so what eventually became of, of Ellsberg was the New York Times versus United States. The Times and the Washington Post joined forces to fight for the right to publish. On June 30th, 1971, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled 6-3 the government had failed to prove harm to national security and the publication of the papers was justified under the First Amendment's protection of freedom of the press. So they, I think they made a decision that mm-hmm. what he did was right, because it was information that was crucial to the proper... That this was information that the public had a right to know. But at the time being illegal, and he had to go through the process right. to, to validate right. it. Okay. That's what I'm saying. All right. You know, that's, you know, because when you're doing it, if you just go motive, like, I took your pen because you don't use it enough, and I think I'm going to do good things with it. <laughs> you know? And that's just, it's still, I took your pen. I you just committed a, a theft. The honest right. to God truth is, you will do better things with my pen than I it's ever will. It's quite possible. So, uh, it, you can have my possible. pen. It's quite possible. See, that doesn't matter, though. I probably, you know, the state I can probably still cleaned my ear with it, though, so you may not. Oh, so it. now I can, yeah. you know, I got some DNA on there. I can <laughs> use that. Blame <laughs> you for something. Yeah. Whatever weird We're stuff saying, David you know, does. Right, okay, all right, all right. So we'd have to go to yeah. court and find out that John does not use that pen well. John's right. an asshole with his pen. He cleans his ear out with it. Right. And I'm going to put it to good use. And then six to three, they'll say, okay, you're all right. Because <laughs> there's some ear fetish. That's right. People on the court. <laughs> Hayes Trump's versus court. John's ear. <laughs> <laughs> on win. On win. So in that sense, you know, uh, Snowden's... Um, uh, uh, Motive may have been perfectly fine. Right. He wasn't willing to follow it through and fight right. for okay. it. Right. Okay. All right. That's that is a point. That's a legitimate point. Assange that, just wants he's just a fucking chaos agent. Right. Okay. That's <laughs> a, a point, point taken with Snowden. You're right. He yeah. he did flee, whereas Ellsberg did not, and you know worked out for him and. Probably wouldn't have worked out for Snowden. So, it may have. Uh, you know, you know. It would have gotten more people talking. More people would have been right. on his side. Right. I mean, if he would have took taken it to court, then, right. yeah, I suppose. Okay. You know, I mean, yeah. how bad is it going to be in your Fed right. prison for, you know, it's going to be better than Snowden? I Moscow. mean, the, the fact that he, exactly, the fact that he's now ensconced in Russia probably for the rest of his life, not a good sign. <laughs> it, right. it, does, it does undercut the motive issue. Yeah. So, you know, and again, that's, I think that's, you know, when, when there's an unjust law, then you got to take the law head on. You know, if you're that person to do it, me, I'm probably going to think, oh, I got to provide for my family. Fuck that. I'll live under this law. But there's people that have a bigger moral fiber than I do. And, and I guess that could be the thing that we're all searching for. And let's hope we find it in, in Assange, I guess, is the best thing I can say about him is let's hope that that is what it was all for. I don't think so. No, I don't really. I, I really don't. Good no, about it. I don't. <laughs> but I, I do I worry. Like but I do worry about the precedent that'll be set. Right. Because I can see the government easily using this now to oh, broaden its powers. So what wouldn't the government do? Yeah. It will broaden its power. It's what right. it, it's what we do. Yeah. Right, right. Oh, we want more wealth. Okay, we're going to get another job. We start another right. business. We broaden our footprint. Mm-hmm. It's just a way of things. So it's going to take um, uh, someone, you know, like a. Assange is not our guy to fight this, but someone will be at some point. True. And, yeah, maybe they won't be in bed with the Russians. 
And maybe that, that would help. That'd be nice. Maybe they'll actually help. be a citizen, too, because yeah. that, that would help. Well, that would be nice, too. <laughs> These would be nice things. You know, you know Assange, he, he could, they could do whatever they want to him. He's not even a citizen of the U.S. He's an Australian citizen, I think. Yeah. yeah. So well, They don't want him. They just dump him out here. You know, well... He's coming back. Get Mo, yo. Get yeah. Mo. <laughs> All right. Well, we're almost to an hour. and Holy crap. We've uh, covered probably nothing that we really wanted to talk about. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanted to do a, uh, talk about Nancy Pelosi's comment yesterday that the president is engaging in a cover-up. Right. And his and magical he, sign that was so impromptu. Right. And then he had his little blow up. And There's a guy at Kinko's going like overtime 24-7. Like, oh my God, he's going to want something. No, those were done last right, week. Right, right. So what, what's your take on that? Calculated? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. She's a, that, that was just a salvo out there. Right. Oh, it's a cover-up just to watch him explode and implode yeah. and say... Just be completely dichotomous. I mean, the, the, there was two Rose Garden speeches, weren't there? And they were both like, like opposite of one another. I think so. One was or one was in the Rose Garden, one was somewhere else. Yeah, Pelosi had her own uh, back in, in her. Group. But he Trump gave two. Oh, Trump gave two. And he wanted well, what was about infrastructure. Then it came out like it's not about infrastructure; it's about cover ups. Right. And like I'm not going to legislate anymore. <laughs> like what the hell is happening? Good job, Nancy. Right. And it's a gift. I mean, the, you know, when you read the analysis, it's a gift to the Democrats, it of is. course, because the last thing the Democrats want is for, just just from a purely political point of view, the last thing they want is for Trump to get any kind of infrastructure program going that he can run on. Because it's popular. You know, meanwhile, you have all this abortion stuff bubbling up from the states mm-hmm. that, again, these social issues that the Republicans don't want to run on this shit because they don't win on this. Mm-hmm. These are not winner issues. Yeah, that's, I mean, uh, that, I mean sorry for the, the people that live in these awful states right. that have voted for these bans, but it's a good thing politically for, for progressives in the left just to get people talking about it because it's the loud minority. Mm-hmm. So that, that, things looking up? Eh. It's looking. I mean, what about Justin Amash, West Michigan congressman, first Republican now to call for impeachment hearings against the president? Interesting. You know, and if there would have been a samurai sword handy, he'd be dead. It's fu- well, it's, well, it's funny. The DeVos family, the, 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 the DeVos family, which were his political patrons, said, "Well, we're not, we're not giving you any more money." When he, you know, oh, that's right, we're done giving you money. And the interesting thing about, and then Trump called him a loser, of course, in his series of tweets. The interesting thing about Amash is. He has hinted at running on the Libertarian ticket for president in 2020. Interesting. And he would actually be, he would draw away a significant number of Republicans from Trump in a must-win state like Michigan. That's interesting. So this is, again, one of these things where, you know, he's playing checkers and he's playing it really badly and everyone else is playing, you know, well, three-level chess. chess like that's cause Spock. That's because everyone let him win at checkers <laughs> for like his entire life. Yeah. Oh, you king yourself again. Good job, Don. Right. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Uh, <laughs> all right. Like the Wookiee win. Time will tell. It will. So uh, there's that. Uh, what else? There's other little crap things going on all over. The, the state is going crazy. Michigan. Yeah. Over any number of things. Well, they're trying to put their own abortion bill through. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, they did, yeah, they did pass it, but of course our Democratic governor will veto it and, and will die there. And of course, the interesting thing about the bill they passed in the Michigan legislature was the, the procedure that they banned. Of course, this 
they had a stronger majority and a Republican governor in the last session, so why wouldn't you have brought this through the last time? Because Governor Snyder, Republican, moderate Republican, made clear he wasn't going to sign it. Right. So they purposely wait until there's, you know, now we have a Democratic governor. Oh, now let's do it so we can set up this fight, make her veto this. Um, and, of course, they do it on the same day that it's Right to Life Lobbying Day in Lansing, a big mm-hmm. to their, their, you know, political patrons as mm-hmm. well. Uh, to do this, and a procedure that they're banning is by, by all. I mean, they they want to they use these terms like it's a dismemberment abortion, and but when you find out the overwhelming majority of women who utilize this procedure in the second trimester are facing horrible, horrible decisions, mm-hmm. you know, and they make it sound as if these women are just like you know, I want a beach bod, get this baby out of me. And it's just ridiculous bullshit when you're talking about what it really is, is, you know, women who are faced with having babies that are going to be born without a brain or born with just severe abnormalities, their own life could be imperiled, or it's an ectopic pregnancy where it's not implanted properly in the uterus, on and on and on. Actual medical reasons why you would need this procedure, and they don't care. The callous cruelty. But here's the thing, just like every other state, there's no you know, constituent support for it. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is just, they're, 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 they're deaf again, tone deaf. Right. And you can everything. tell it's, it's mostly men making these oh, laws God, because yes. they don't yeah. know any of that. You know, I, I, I was in the delivery room for my wife's birth, or not my wife's birth, wow. my, child, my child's birth. Wow. Well, well, my, talk about Robin the Cradle. <laughs> yeah, <I'm good>. <laughs> <laughs> you kept your... <laughs> <laughs> and, and and it wasn't until things started not going well that Man. your male brain goes, "Holy fuck! I know nothing about this. <laughs> oh shit! I know nothing. What the fuck is yeah. happening? You know." And then the, pretty soon doctors are around the bed, and that's when you know shit's getting real. Is you got too many doctors in your room, you know? And, and those are the only keys for the male brain to understand what a female goes through this whole nine-month period. Well, you could have found out if you cared. I I know, but... (laughs) So the average male brain, maybe. Well, look, I'm going to be honest and say, for all three births uh, that my wife gave, that I watched, my entire internal monologue was, thank God I'm a man, thank God I'm a man, thank God I'm a man, thank God I'm a man. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Because we we could not handle that. Sorry, fellas. I don't plan on it. We would just be like, fuck it, give me the gun. Never, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna use my male privilege to never <laughs> okay. give birth. Right. You know, I'm happily gonna do that. Okay. <laughs> and and it's just cruel. It's heartless. It's yeah. it's it's, yeah. it's making them subjects. And it's old male, white guy stuff. You know? And it's, it's old, old white guy old stuff. Old white guy shit. That's been happening since they got here. And it, it, they just don't stop. But I if it was old brown guys too, if they were in power, it'd be the same thing. Oh god. Oh, I know where you're going. Am I where am I going? Uh, oh, I don't know, maybe not. Oh. What were you going to say? Go, thinking, go there and I'll let you know. I'm thinking like, you know, like the, the real super religious South American countries. Oh. I, I'm, not, I'm not aware of abortion laws there if they're even, God, oh God, can you imagine? Probably stoning deaths and things. <laughs> it might be. Well, those and it's old cat, brown guys. Cat, well, I mean, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, there's, humans are fucked up. <laughs> Let's just put it that in way. Shape. In many different ways, in def- many different corners of the world. But luckily here, we have... A set of laws and and, and supposedly for thinkers the time being. for the time for now being, for now uh, and and that that calms the human nature a little bit. 
a little bit. <laughs> they have to work around things anyway before they just go out and, you know, stone the little child in the middle of uh, in the middle of town square because it's a, a witch or something. You know, that's, that's but, soon. That's next week. But in, what was their motivation when they threw the rocks? Well, we're going to save the town from a right. curse. Because <laughs> he's obviously going to grow up. And in a hundred years, her descendants will come back. And town come security. Well, that was what the, they were thinking. All right. Well, uh, I guess we'll wrap it up here. And uh, Sure. And uh, World's still shit. Yeah. We haven't fixed anything. No. <laughs> well, we're going to go back on hiatus. We're looking to revamp this program. In some form or another, maybe make it more issue-oriented in the future. Puppet show, maybe. Maybe a new location. We're in the works. Puppet show. People, we have our people. We have people working on this right as now as we speak. That person. That guy. (laughs) Oh, you are. We didn't get the Lifetime movie, but the Democrats read the whole Mueller report. They they read it to you. Is that a thing? That's a thing. What? Yeah, the Democrats. It was on C-SPAN. Go check it out. Oh, they were reading it on C-SPAN? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh. The Democrats okay. did a marathon session? Right. But see, people don't have to watch. Well, you don't. You can just turn it on and, and so, just talk at you. Just like we're doing now. It's like books on tape. Right. Just like this. Okay. Stuff is so, juicier. <laughs> we're juicier than C-SPAN. Boy. <laughs> Keep that bar low. No, no, no. Uh, opposite. I, I would say C-SPAN is better. Almost as juicy as C-SPAN. Almost. <laughs> Scintillating. (laughs) See you in the camps. This song is called Baby Don't You Cry. You know, things don't always go the way you want to.
Find more episodes of The No Cry Zone at thenocryzone.com. Tweet Rob, John, and Dave at No Cry Zone. And find The No Cry Zone on Facebook. Listen to every Abnormal Entertainment show on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, our YouTube channel, or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to visit abnormalentertainment.com. You've been listening to the Abnormal Entertainment.